0: I wanna close the preaching series about angels and the title is, you don't have to be afraid of the evil. Because when I, when I started this series, some people say, oh, I like the series because there are angels. Angels are good, but there are demons. That's not good. And some people, they see the demons, not good. And some people see just the angels, not good. It's always both. And I just wanna to say to you guys, you don't have to be afraid of the unseen world because God has sent angels to help you and me actually. And I was super uh, uh, touched, actually, because uh, a small uh, a child in Germany, they watched the, the whole service last weekend. They, they heard me preaching about angels and demons. And she shooted me a picture uh, about the omzien world, how she sees it. And here's a picture about some, some uh, cats, and in the middle is a mouse. And she said, this is my position, I like the mouse. In the middle I'm protected with the glass and I'm surrounded by really bad cats and it's not a big deal because I know I am protected. And I like that picture because this is the right attitude. We don't have to be afraid what's going around us because we are protected with angels and the hands of the Lord. And Moses was saying the people of God, they were leaving Egypt. They have been slaves for many, many years actually. When they have been in the desert, Moses was saying to them in Psalm Psalm 91 verse one and two, he says to the people of God, whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high God will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, whom I trust. Moses is saying as long as you stick and stay under the shadow, under the umbrella of the God Almighty, you don't have to be afraid. But he's saying if you're stepping out, That's boldness and crazy, because when you're stepping out of the blessing of the Lord, there are some curses. And I want to mention, especially a family who experienced the curse in a dramatic way. Maybe you heard the story about the Kennedy family, the Kennedy destiny, destiny, the Kennedy family. They were living in a crazy curse. They have been beautiful family. They were super rich. They were super successful. They were eager for achievement, but. Two guys, uh, John F. Kennedy and the brother, Bobby, they were shot with a gun. In two different locations, actually. And some years later, the sister, Rosemarie, she was suffering of a weird sickness that nobody could understand what this sickness is all about. And only some years later, four of the family, they have died with a plane crash. My mom always said, if you're flying, you're always coming down. But they came down and they were dead. Four people in four different flights. Isn't that crazy? And then in the year 2020, Kennedy McKean, she was 40 years old, she went with with a canoe to the Atlantic Ocean and they sink. And everyone was saying, that's weird, it's insane. And when you think about that family, you can see a curse line from generation to generation to generation. But the good news, if, if you're receiving Jesus Christ, you can stop any curse from generation to generation because you're protected by God Almighty. That's why Moses is saying, please stand and stick in an umbrella of God and never walk out. And before I go into the text, I wanna give you a little bit of background because people ask me so many questions about demons and angels and the Holy Spirit, they say, I'm very confused. Thanks for asking me that question. So let's go to the simple slide where the devil, it's the five, five place where the devil dwells actually. The throne of God, he was invented actually there. And he wants to be like God. God kicked him out from heaven, and he was being in the unseen world of heaven. And then that's the world where we live right now. And then God will kick the, the, the devil and all the, the, the demons into the abyss for more than 1,000 years abyss. For 1,000 years we live in peace. But in the end, he will put them into the lake of fire. And you have to understand demons and, and angels actually, they are in the unseen world. And check this out in the unseen world, there are more angels than demons. That means angels are in the majority. They are more. If you're afraid about the evil, we are more. We are in the winning team. Isn't that good news? Don't be afraid, you are more. Then also in your own life in the world, angels are surrounding you, angels are helping you, demons, they are stopping you, but there is a big fight against your life. I put you in the circle. That means the moment you're receiving Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. You are the new temple of God. That means you are occupied. It's already full. It's booked out. You are booked out with the Holy Spirit. There's no space anymore for a demon. You cannot be demon possessed because the Holy Spirit dwells in you already. That means also you cannot be possessed by angels. Angels are demons, they are helping or fighting, protecting, or destroying you. And the good news is, angels are more than all the demons, that means we are belonging to the winning team of God Almighty. Is anyone happy about that fact? That's why don't be nervous, if we are more, we are more. Now, listen, what God is doing actually, and this is a very, very b- big encouragement for you guys. The moment when you really need an angel, God will send angels. But if you don't need angels, God will not send you an angel. But there's a lot of people, you need a lot of angels. I wanna show you three areas where God has sent angels into the material world. For example, when Lord was in a big, big um, problem, God sent an angel, you can see it on the slide, and the angel made the other guy blind. He could not see him anymore, and he could not fight anymore. When Peter, Peter was actually, I and Paul actually was in the prison, An angel came and opened up the prison. In the right moment for the right situation, God sent an angel. Think about when Jesus Christ was in the tomb. There was a big stone. Who rolled away that stone? Superman? No. It was an angel rolled away the stone. And that shows me whatever you are in a situation where you need angels, God will send angels and you will win because you're on the winning team of God Almighty. What's about the demon? I know some people say, I, don't, I do not believe in demons anymore. Demons is more like a force. It's more a feeling that's, that the church has invented that to make the Christians, to control the Christians. But here's a picture of what I think, what, what demons are doing. They are stopping you somehow to doing the right thing. One time... Paul was saying to a city, I want to come to you and share the word of God, but the devil has stopped me. There's a lot of moments in the book of Acts where the devil stopped the people of God to preach and share the word of God. But when they came back years later, the anointing and the breakthrough was even stronger than two years ago. That means you are belonging to the winning team of God Almighty. Let's go back to the text actually in in Psalm 91, verse 1 and 2, and there are two words which I want to preach to you guys, actually. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High, that means we have to dwell in the shelter and you have to rest. That means we can walk away, but we can stay and we can rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in whom I trust I want to speak about these two words, actually, to understand how powerful God is. But there's also in the unseen world some curses, but I can also open up my life again for a demonic world. And don't be afraid. I just want to share to you guys, if you dwell and if you stay, you're always in the winning team. Are you ready? Point number one. Point number one. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High God, and here's my point number one: don't be shocked: God reveals curses in your life. And I know when I spoke about that title to my preaching teams to all my pastors, a lot of pastors said to me, Pastor Leo, I not agree." I said, "Why are you not agree? I'm the senior pastor." They said, "I don't get it." And they asked me a question, and a lot of people, I don't know what is your background. But a lot of people, they believe in the new covenant. And they will say, when Jesus Christ came, we are on the new covenant, and all the curses and all the sins has no effect on me anymore. And I said, oh, wow, tell me. They said, but Pastor Leo, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he broke all the curses in my life. He became a curse so that we can live a cursed life, a free cursed life, right? or Jesus Christ died on the cross for all my sins, and that's why sin is not an issue in my life anymore. Or they say, Jesus Christ died on the cross and he took all the sicknesses from me on him. It's say, but Leo, how in the world do you speak about curse when we live in a new covenant and Jesus Christ has done everything on the cross for you? And said, yes, you are right, but also wrong. Now why you're right and why you're wrong, I tell you. And here's the point what a lot of Christians, they don't understand, and I'm explain this to you guys. The people of God have lived for hundreds of years in Egypt. The mindset was Egypt, the lifestyle was sinful. They didn't believe in the word of God and all those things. And God let the people of God out from Egypt. That means they are not living in Egypt anymore. But Egypt is still in them. Listen, you are not living in the world anymore. You're not smoking, drinking, doing the porn thing, right? You're receiving Jesus Christ. You're not living in the world anymore. But the world has not left you totally, right? That's why Paul is saying you have to change your the way you think, the mindset, actually. Gee, Paul is not saying, the moment you receive in Jesus Christ, your mind is totally correct. Listen to me, and I'm very a small pastor. <laughs> no one here receives Jesus Christ in one second, and you're dwelling under the shadow and umbrella of the Lord, of God Almighty, and boom, shakalah, you are perfect. Hey, I wish you were perfect. People receiving Jesus Christ. There's a new covenant in your life, but you don't walk in the new covenant. You're still not friendly, you're still greedy, you still got angry, you still don't greet people, you're still not serving. That means you have left the world, but the world has not left you. They have left Egypt, but Egypt has not left them. That means there's a process of things you can get rid in your life. Do you understand what I'm talking about? This is very, very deep because otherwise you will say, Pastor Leo, I have seen so many Christians, they got, got sick. I have seen, seen so many Christians, they have a curse line, still a line. The parents have, have been divorced. The grandparent has been is divorced. They have been divorced as well, even though they're Christians and they're living in a new uh, covenant. And we have to kick out the world, the Egypt spirit in you, so that we get, have a get-free moment. That's the whole point in our life. So I want to I say to you, a curse is not something what you do. A, a curse, it's not your mistake, actually. And I want to read your Bible text that you understand how a curse can have an effect on the kids and the kids and other generation. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 24 and 25, when Pilatus saw that he was getting nowhere with Jesus, But that instead, an uproar was stalked in. He took the water and washed his hands in the front of the crowd. I'm innocent of this man's blood. He's speaking about Jesus Christ. He said, I am innocent. It's not my fault. It's not my mistake. I wash my hands in water. And all the people answered, Now listen, they said, His blood is on us and also on our children if we are doing something wrong. This is speaking out a curse over your kids and generations and generations and generations. Isn't that crazy? That means if you're growing up as a kid, it's not your fault, because your parents made a declaration in the unseen world. And just think for a moment in your own life, and there are some curses, I wrote it down, and just think for a moment, reflect please your life for a moment, There are extraordinary diseases, there are some diseases that doesn't make sense actually. There are adultery and sexual immorality in your own family, in your whole relatives. You see addictions, it's never stopping, your grandfather had the alcohol problem, your grandfather had the issue, now you have an issue too. And that means you have the tendency of addictions, you have also financially, you are not going nowhere, you are unhappy. Isolation, manipulation, emptiness, resignations. You can go on and on and on and on and on and on. And listen to me. You left the world, but has the world left you? You left Egypt, but has Egypt left you? And here is my advice. I want to make it very, very simple. Don't be nervous right now. Don't think too much. But if you see something in your life, just ask the Holy Spirit under the umbrella. Holy Spirit, could it be that there's a curse line from generation to generation and now it comes to a moment where I make a stop in my life? Just ask this question. I'm never walking around and thinking every day I am cursed, I am cursed, I am cursed. I'm not doing that. I don't see behind every bush a demon. That's not my lifestyle. But you can ask the Holy Spirit while you're sitting on an umbrella, is there a curse line in your life? I shared that story three years, three years ago. I had a, a temper, a really a bad temper, maybe four or five times a year, not more, but it was so intense that all my friends, they have been disappointed. I used words. I've never been violent, but I used very heavy words, and I could not have that under control. And I asked the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, and I turned 50 years, and said, Holy Spirit, is there a, a curse line in my life? I don't, I don't get it. I don't like it. And for nine months I was praying, I was thinking about it, and one day God gave me a revelation that my father had the same issue. He had the issue when he drank too much alcohol. He also was was very bad temper actually. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit gave me a link that even my grandfather had the same problem actually. was from generation to generation to generation. Now I'm telling you what I did and it's not compli- complicated actually i used my voice and i said god there is a curse line in my life and that temper doesn't belong to me and i said devil and demons i stop that curse in the name of jesus christ in my life boom amen and from that day on it's 3 years ago i'm temper free it's gone it's gone, it's gone. Now, I ask God, why have I turned 50 years for that breakthrough? And God said, you were not ready. And God is putting the finger on a topic and God is saying, I think you are in the position right now to overcome that line in your life. You're not the victim Of what happens in your past because Jesus Christ died on the cross he took all the curses from me on him so that I can live a free life but ask God for a revelation and then the whole thing is a big help actually in your life I wrote down two steps to break away from a curse are you ready you can write it down I want to make it very very simple actually Point number one, I detach myself from the demonic power of a curse. A curse is always detected with a demon. When Jesus Christ healed the people, he never said, I heal you in the name of Jesus. He said, spirit of fever, a sickness is always a spirit. Spirit of fever, leave. Spirit of blightness, leave. Spirit of death, leave. Spirit of dying, leave. He always spoke to a spirit and the spirit had to leave. That's the power. You speak it out and all the demons have to leave. The second point you can do, and that's very important. I command the demonic power of the curse to leave my life and I forbid to come back. I said, you cannot come back anymore. You cannot stay, you cannot dwell. And please, when you do that, Cover your family. Cover your neighborhood and also your church because Jesus kicked out the demons into the pigs. Do you know why? Because they're coming back. They're always looking for a place where they can stay. And you say, in my area, I'm so sorry. You cannot stay. You cannot dwell. My point number one is don't make it very complicated. Just ask the Holy Spirit, why in the world can it be there is a line? And if there is a line, don't judge your father use your voice, break the curse, and you believe I am free forever. It's okay? The point number two, uh, whoever rests in the shelter of the Almighty, here's the word, rests. God reveals area of your life where you open the door for the devil to come in. A curse is something comes from the outside, it's not your mistake. But what you can do as a Christian And that's what Moses was saying, actually, dwell and rest. Don't go back into the world again. Don't open a door in an area in your life where the devil can sneak in. And now comes the question, where has the the demons are allowed to stay? I want to read to you in Genesis chapter 3, verse 14, and this explains everything where can demons stay. So the Lord God said to the serpents, because you have done this curse on you above all the livestock and all the white animals. You will crawl on the belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. The moment that God will curse and kill the Satan, the areas where they can dwell, where they can live is the dust. And dust in the Bible always stands for sin. We are not sinners anymore, but we can do wrong things again. And if we do wrong things, if you open up a door again, we give the devil in one area a topos, uh, uh, we allow him to sneak in. And this is what I see all the time. Even in the Christian, you're starting very well. You're on fire for God. You're a prayer warrior. You read the Bible. You learn to the, the God is on your side. And all of a sudden, you are falling back to smoke too much again, drink too much again, have too much girlfriends again. You know what I'm talking about? You are still a son and a daughter of God. You cannot lose that identity. But Moses is saying, Don't walk in that and don't open some doors. There are four Bible verses because we are a a Bible-based church, how you can open up a door. And my picture, which I want to use, is about about rats. Do you know rats? Rats, big mouses? Rats are living where dust is, where, where, where trash is. Where trash is, there will be the rats. If you're kicking out the trash, the rat will say, oh my gosh, where's the trash? And they will leave because there's no trash. Where trash, where dirt is, where dust is, we give the devil, the demons, a loudness to stay. Here are three Bible verses in the New Testament for all those who believe in the New Covenant. For all the people who believe in the New Covenant. I speak about the New Covenant. In the New Covenant, there are still three verses where you can open up a door again. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil the kind of foothold in your life. If you are angry, isn't that crazy? We give a foothold not in your whole entire body, just in one area. And I want to tell you how the devil works. I told you last Sunday. You cannot find in the whole Testament the demons fights against demons. You cannot find it from Genesis to Revelation. You cannot find it. But what you can find is Christian fights against Christian, churches against churches. All the moments when you step into your calling, and you're very close in your destiny, when the devil sees that you're close in your calling, close in your anointing, you're close in the healing ministry. Do you know what he's doing? He sends one person in your life and that person goes on your nerve. Do you know what I'm talking about? There was a Judas in the life of Jesus Christ. 11 nice friends and one flipping Judas. There's always one flipping person in your life and you get so mad and you get so angry and it's always a person in your closest area. It's not the person who lives in the Timtuku South, no, is a person right now, is super close, and you open up your heart for many, many months and years. And that person hurts you, and if you cannot forgive those person, you give a foothold in your life for some demons. A second area you can read in James chapter three, verse 16, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you'll find disorder and every evil practice. That means if you are envy, isn't that crazy? How many times we are envy? And i tell you how I figured out that people are envy. Just listen in a conversation or in a small group how Christian speaks about other Christians. Have you ever figured out? When you speak negative about other Christians and you're the guy you leave for the first guy in that evening, they will talk about you. (laughs) That's why an evil, that's always why I'm the last guy. But listen to me, there's so much envy even though around the body of Christ. If you envy, we should be those people we celebrate the most. If you are driving a Ferrari, I'm so happy for you because I used the train. There's not matter. But I celebrate your victories. That's the spirit what we do. And the third one is, it's actually crazy. We can read in Acts chapter 5, verse 1 to 3. Now as a man named Ananias together with his wife Sapphira also sold a piece of the property, which is why full knowledge he kept a part of the money for himself, but through the rest and put it to the apostles' feet. And, and they made a decision. Everything what we have, we bring to the apostle. From the outside, they said, yeah, we gave everything. We are good Christians. We behave, we believe in the word of God. We are holy. We are super, super, super holy. But listen, and Peter said, Ananias, how is that satanus has filled your heart? How in the world can that be that you have opened actually that part of stinginess in your life? Why have you been stingy in your life? And when you think about that, if you have some trash, the rats and demons can stay. Even though if I am dwell and rest on an umbrella. You give them the permission. And check out us in Galatians chapter 5 is saying, it is for the freedom that Christ has set us free. We are free in Christ. Amen. Now, stand firm. Hey, if I say to my kids, stand firm is, hey, pay attention, stay firm, hey, dwell on an umbrella, don't walk out, stay and rest. Then, then do not let yourself be the burden again by the yoke of slavery. You can walk out from your umbrella again and you're the slavery again. And that's why Moses saying, dwell, rest, stay. Don't go back to Egypt anymore and just kick the Egypt spirit out of you so that you can have a get-free moment. In closing, how you do that? How can you kick out all the trash in three very simple steps? Point number one is take out the spiritual and mental rubbish. Just say to yourself, yeah, that's right. Right now, I'm struggling with porn addiction. Right now, I'm struggling with my thinking. Right now, I'm struggling with my heart. God, I'm so, you're right. But there's are some areas right now I'm struggling. I'm not perfect, but this is how I'm me right now. Point number one. Then you ask for forgiveness wherever I have accepted in a- accordance with the demonic in power. That means if I'm stingy, I gave the demons a foothold. And the point number three is, I constantly feed myself with God's truth and always clear the rubbish. Now check out what you do. You say, God forgive me, and you kick out the stinginess. God forgive me for my envy, I kick them out right now. God forgive me for my anger, and you kick that out. And check out, you know what happens right now? And now the rats and the demons, they will come and say, Oh my gosh, where is the trash? And he says, There is no trash. You know what the rats and demons they will do? They will not come back. Because there's no dust, no dirt, no trash. The curse you have to break in you in the name of Jesus Christ, but in those areas, it's my fault. You ask God for forgiveness, you kick out the trash, you're receiving the forgiveness of Jesus Christ again. And no demons has the right for a foothold in your life. In closing, your church, if you understand how the old world works, the good news is if you stay under the shadow of the God Almighty, there are more angels than demons. That means we are the majority. And when I'm in a need, God will send angels to help me in the right moment. But I will not give the devil again a foothold in my life because I want to dwell and live in peace with God Almighty."